Satnam. I'm Guru Prakarmakar. Guru Singh and I are appreciative of your vital role on this planet in an ever-growing global community. For it is your willingness to be here and listen that calls forth wisdom, that activates our collective voice in service. Your questions bring forth the answers. For a wealth of information about who we are and what we do, please visit gurusingh.com. Bless you. Satnam. The opportunity that we have with Kundalini Yoga is that when we practice it, we are accentuating the main core of where the sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous systems come together in the kundalini plexus, which is known medically as the sacral pelvic plexus. It's the autonomic nervous system coming together in a junction, in an intersection, where the gravitational forces of the sympathetic nervous system and the levitational forces of the parasympathetic nervous system collide. And any time there's a collision, there's a either a containment or an expression of significant amounts of energy. That's why when you have a fright, you have an adrenaline rush. This plexus here, which is the Ganesha plexus, the elephant, is the plexus of the new beginning of your Kundalini rising, which offsets the blindingness, the blinding nature of two, three, and four dimensions. The two dimensions of right, wrong, good, bad, the, the decisions that have to be made consistently. The polarity decisions. The spatial navigation of the third dimension and the time sequence navigation of the fourth dimension. And the human consciousness, like the consciousness of all other animals, until it liberates itself from this dominating imprisonment, if you will, is dedicated to simply two-dimensional decisions, three-dimensional navigation, and four-dimensional time sequencing. And in that fourth-dimensional time sequencing, there is a lot of attachment to time, 
which then moves into the past and drags your pranic vessel into the past so that you're no longer vital. You're no longer alive in the present moment. You are living in the memory of history. And the only way to get yourself out of that is to give yourself forward, give forward, give forward giving, giving forward giving, forgiving. It is to forgive all of that, the self and anyone else who was involved in one of those moments that you have attached yourself to that has now moved into the past. Releasing ourselves from that prison is what in Sanskrit is called pratyahar. Pratyahar. P-R-A-T-Y-A-H-A-R. Pratyahar. What we have in that prior to releasing ourselves from that prison could be best demonstrated by the fact that when bright lights shine in your eyes, you are blinded to everything else that is around you. All of those events that are around that bright light, like a deer in headlights, all those events that are around those bright lights still exist there, but you cannot perceive them. And so when the sympathetic nervous system dominates you with a signal like bright, bright lights, a signal that is fearfully oriented, you do not catch sight of all of the solution orientations and opportunities that must be there by the third law of motion. For every action there must be an equal reaction. Because you are blinded by the circumstances that are being absorbed by your sensory system. Everything that is possible, even everything that is miraculous, is always there. And in order to activate it, as in quantum physics, it says observation is the activation. Observation is the activation. In order to activate the miracles, you must observe the miracles. And that observation is a belief system. This is the liberation from being blinded and contained and imprisoned by the five senses in the second dimension, third dimension, and fourth dimension, and being liberated into the essences in the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, and eleventh dimensions. It goes on, but I didn't choose to continue. And meaning it goes on beyond the eleventh dimension. What we have been trained and entrained in for centuries and millennia is the survival of our being via the navigation of space, 
the anticipation of time and the decisions that must be made in the two dimensions of right, wrong, and good, bad, and yes and no. You think about it. The computers that we are releasing so much of our power to, we're literally disempowering ourselves and empowering an external mechanism, are completely based on two dimensions, the polarity of on and off, zero and one, all in that computer programming all in that machine languaging. And so we have given up our true identity to a two-dimensional mechanism. And we're relying upon those two-dimensional mechanisms to analyze everything based on the right, wrong, good, bad, yes, no. What about all the possibilities that exist within maybe? What about all the possibilities that exist within not the dynamics of yes or no, but the dynamics of curiosity? What about all those possibilities that exist within curiosity? Those are what are activated when you stimulate the kundalini plexus, when you utilize the collision between the sympathetic and parasympathetic forces, and you contain that energy and you direct that energy in that focus beyond the five senses. And that is when you activate your asayana, the essences that experience the possibilities inside of the impending calamities. The collective human psyche is all about currently, all about pandemics, Recessions, wars. However, there are uncontacted tribes still in existence on this planet who are not having a pandemic, who are not having a recession, and who are not having a war. And so the situations that humanity finds itself in are truly just psycho-emotional. They're not mandatorily physical. You can release yourself from the concerns of the impending without giving up the awareness of the impending. And when you release yourself, when you liberate yourself from being dominated by the concerns of the impending, you have enough bandwidth, you have enough nerve power to locate the opportunities that must accompany the impending calamities.
it's like I've always said, how do you get a needle out of a haystack? You bring in a gigantic magnet and you suck that needle right out of the haystack. That gigantic magnet in human terms is turning on the kundalini plexus, turning on the sacral pelvic plexus, the plexus of Ganesha. This is our task on a daily basis. The more we practice on a daily basis, the more it becomes a habit. And the more habit, the more habitually we respond to impending doom with, uh, okay, where is the pony, right? You see all the horse shit, where is the pony? And if you are aware of the horse shit, so you're not stepping in it and tracking it in your house and bringing it into your, your dining room and all over and making a complete smelly mess out of it. And so you're aware of the shit, but you're also aware of the pony, of the horse. And then the pony and the horse symbolizing the opportunities, the possibilities. You get on those opportunities, you get on those possibilities, you get on that horse and you ride it like the wind, navigating through not being blocked by the two dimensions, three dimensions and four dimensions and you release yourself into the more illuminating dimensions of the fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth, etc. This is our task right now. Because with eight billion people on the earth, the speed with which bad news travels, the speed with which impending doom travels, the speed with which the lack of opportunity travels, and the confinement of the sensory system, and the confinement of these two, three, and four dimensional attitudes, is overwhelming. And if you don't release yourself from it, you are doomed by it. If you don't liberate yourself from it, you are doomed by it. And you see the doomed conditions all around. You know, death is not an end, but death is a shift. And you see so much death around. Shifting of opportunities. We are the ones we are the ones that need to get our act together so that we're completely aware of all of the horse shit, but we're also completely in touch 
with all of the horses. We are completely in touch with the opportunities and possibilities that we can ride like the wind. This is our job. And our job is not only to ride these opportunities and possibilities like the wind, but to show the world that we can do it. Because currently, by design, not by a fault or a flaw, these are the, the very, very young incarnate humans, very young souls. These are the adolescent souls that are bullying the very young souls. And not only are they bullying the very young souls, but in the process they are destroying the planet on which we all live. These are the ones that are being born into light. These are the ones that are going through the high pressure. These are the ones that have come out of the high pressure. And these are the ones that have mastered the light. The, this is the area that you and I dwell in. This is the area that's currently running and ruining the world, politically and economically. These are the ones that are being victimized by that adolescent nature. And this is the standard development of the human soul. And so this stage here that is running and ruining the world is not a fault, it is a default. In order for this world not to be ruined, we must ignite massive amounts of examples of how to do it and not be put up on a pedestal like has been done in the past where the Jesus and the Muhammad and the Buddha and the Krishna and all of these, the Nanak and the Gobind Singh and all of these, Zariastri and all of these, are put up on a pedestal and then worshipped as if they were able to do it and no one else can. That isn't true. Everyone can. Not necessarily in this lifetime, but eventually through all of the lifetimes, everyone can. Everyone can gain that same capacity. And of course, those that try to control the mechanisms will say, that's blasphemy. But that's two-dimensional. And we live beyond that. We are the ones that are to achieve that Christ consciousness, that Christ-Christ consciousness. Crystal clarity. That buddhic certainty. We are the ones. And it takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of heart center because the moment you start to expose yourself to yourself, as I was saying in the mantra that we began with, the master in me, when you start shifting the realization that the master in me is the master that is me, and people start accusing you of being full of yourself. Say, thank you. That's the only self I can be full of. 
This is our task. Our task is to become that enlightenment and make it seem so joyful and playful that we attract all of these children so that they're not dominated by the fear of the middle schoolers. <laughs> God knows our experience in junior high, if you were older or middle school now. Boy, that was an experience, huh? That was an experience. Because as the adolescent hormones and peptides are coming in to motion, oh my God, they have no control or navigation. And what happens, what ends up happening is that they start taking it out on each other. And it's a, just a, it's a realm of unfettered bullying. And there's no one easier to bully than the young, young souls. They can be bullied, but they can also because they are so impressionable. They can be incredibly motivated by the example of success, opportunity, joy, and love. Ease, joy, knowing, and liberation enters into tension, pressure, stress, and friction and makes Life, extraordinary. That's our task. Pick up your pen and your journal. Or go fetch it. Make a note. What are you inspired to do now? What are you determined to do now? What are you required to do now? What are the elements that you will need to activate right here, right now, in this time. Bless you for joining us. Visit gurusing.com for an ever-expanding archive of lectures, videos, yoga sets, meditations, and more.